Xavier X, what do you like to be called? I'm I'm so easy, man. Whatever. <laughs> well, I really I appreciate. I don't like like my preference on it. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time because let's face it, you always have something going on, whether or not the public realizes it. But good oh. day for you so far. Say it again. Good day for you so far. You know, any day that I'm standing upright, brother, that's a good day. And I'm sure when I'm gone, they'll keep on being good days because they are all good days. Healthy perspective there. Well, speaking of that, I had the pleasure of interviewing you about two and a half years ago at this music festival in Clearwater, Florida. Oh, yeah, Clearwater. And I asked a dumb question that was actually pretty prophetic at the time. And I said, does being a Grammy Award winner change your life in any way? And you quickly were like, no, no, not really. No, I still got to work and all that. But we were connected by another award ceremony. So it's kind of like the awards have never stopped for you. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, people, I think in the creative and the art, artists kind of dig what I do and they, they understand that I'm, I, I'm really, yeah, I'm an artist first. Like, man, that's what I, I'm an artist before I'm a musician even, you know. Completely yeah. an artist and everything. I love being creative and I feel like that's my contribution, which is the word. That's my contribution, man, is to be creative and, you know, give, get, offer some things that may be uh, anecdotal to a lot of the ills and the challenges in the world that we live in. I, and I appreciate and take that um, very seriously. Right. The latest artistic statement that I've heard from you is the Root City Anthem. How long was it from getting the offer to do that to actually having it out in the world? Was it a, a secret kind of project? No, it was just like, I just, they asked me and I just like, I remembered being in um, Argentina and I was playing the song off, of Please Don't Be Dead. I was doing the uh, chorus to, um, a boy named Andrew. Da 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 da. And I was just like, I remember they took it over, and I couldn't even play it anymore. And I just sat there and I watched Argentina, and I thought, wow, this is soccer world. So I kind of channeled that idea to get something that was felt good to chant, and so that's what I that's what I did. And that was right after that I had the song, and you know, it's just a local thing I did for the soccer team. Oakland Roots, support your local soccer team. So I, I enjoyed doing it and it was fun. And Yeah, I, I'm noticing all the professional soccer teams are working with great artists. And you don't have to agree with this statement, but it seems like Major League Soccer and the Minor League Soccer teams have their pulse better and more so on the music scene than other professional sports organizations. I think so. I definitely agree with it. And I think so. And I think that they... Um, you know, it's exciting to have a soccer team here and it's it's got that energy where it doesn't feel like the big evil corporation monster has taken over. It's affordable. You can take your family, you can buy tickets, it's accessible. So I think things when they're in that phase are always great. 
have they uh, talked to you about coming out to games or doing the national anthem, or does it stop there with the anthem? <laughs> well, I think I told them they asked me to come do the anthem and play, and I told them I would like to do it with a marching band. That would be cool. And so I think they're working on trying to make that happen. Yeah, it's it's a really cool rhythmic song. It's it's an anthem, but the rhythm of it, in a good way, reminds me of Eminence Front by The Who. Is that a coincidence? Wow, I never I never heard that song. What is that? Give me a. I'll look it up. It it's an early '80s Who uh, song, and a lot of people don't listen to the Who from the early '80s. But that song pops up at sporting events every now and then. Or I saw Living Color cover it at a, at a tribute show. So uh, when I hang up, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I was definitely in the uh, the mindset of like you know, big and you know, big riff and bring people in and yeah so I, I thought of Argentina actually that was the big influence on that one uh awesome background behind you is this the black ball universe headquarters well there is no more black ball universe I I've uh you know that meant its demise and now there's storefront records and that's been my latest uh incarnation I guess is storefront records and I wanted to and I thought like Black Ball Universe is a great collective, but I really want to put other artists out. That's, I'd like for the record I'm working on now to probably be my last record, you know? I'm working really? on a record, yeah, I'm just like, I'm working on a record now that's a film also. It's kind of like, um, like kind of how Beyonce did Lemonade, mm -hmm. but only it'll be the true story of my, family, which I found out basically, if I can say it in two sentences, like I found out in the last couple months that I'm not who I thought I was, but I'm exactly who I thought I was. To make it short, the story's get the, this new album, it's, I probably shouldn't talk about this new album, so I'm sorry, yeah. We, I'm, I'm, we will say embargoed information right there and stay tuned, how's that? Yeah, stay tuned, yeah. Talk, we're talking about, have you lost your mind yet? Well, well, in terms of the final albums, you know how a lot of big artists call it a farewell tour and then it's not the farewell tour, you know, yeah. Eagles and Kiss. I'm, I, starting, I'm now starting to see artists calling it their final album. Dennis DeYoung from Styx just did that and Tom Morello is on the album. But then again, Kiss's farewell tour was X number of years ago, and they did two studio albums after that. So you never know when the final one is. Yeah, I, I think maybe artists like I really believe it. I'd be like, I'm like, okay, this is I've kind of this is it, and I got to be storefront records, and I'm interested in doing that. I'm interested in someone else winning awards. <laughs> well, that is actually something that I wanted to ask you about because when I think about you as an artist at this point in time. I have the expectation that it's gonna look cool, it's gonna look artistic and it's gonna be colorful. When I hear it, it's gonna be funky. It's gonna be, it might change genres and time signatures mid song, but it's gonna yeah. be complex. So I'm wondering if that has anything to do with this point in your career, that it's pressure, that it has to be good. If you feel that at all. Uh, not at all. I feel like it has to be good to me. And I, I'm a pretty small artist in terms of scope of artists you know out there the way I feel I'm not like some you know pop person with a million followers and I just the beauty of doing this as a middle-aged dude was 
you, I really didn't care. And I don't care. I went out every, you know, when I started Fantastic Negrito, everyone that I knew, except for a small group, was like, it's impossible. You're a middle-aged guy. Your music is genre amount specific. Nobody's going to know. And I love that. And I love that I change on every album. And yeah. um, <laughs> you do. I just don't, I don't care. I really am true to being an artist and it's fun. And I don't, I feel no pressure. The people that feel pressure have to be, uh, you know, Taylor Swift and Beyonce and all those people. I feel no pressure. I don't, I'm always surprised anytime anything happens, you know. I well, stay in Oakland, California and West Oakland. My label, it's just, it's beautiful. I live on a small farm. I have a very <laughs> cool existence. I don't live in the big city and no yeah. pressure. I was actually curious about Oakland because Oakland used to be kind of inferior to San Francisco in a way where people just look down on it nothing super great happened in Oakland if you're an outsider. And then now it kind of has the thing where it not only is its own city with sports teams, but you could almost never leave Oakland and have everything that you'd ever need there. There's craft breweries, there's, there's parks, there's everything. So I'm curious when you started to see Oakland turn around. Well, I have an opinion on that because I've been here like, you know, 90% of my life. Yeah. And I think that Oakland was always great. And the people that knew, knew that it was great. And I think that we just, even in the last 30 years, 40 years, we've completely smashed San Francisco in terms of, um, in ter I mean, their baseball team was terrible growing up. Our baseball team was great. We had the Raiders, they were great. The 49ers were great too. So I want to compare, um, teams we were beating them clearly we even beat them in the world series when i was a kid so yes. i'd say number one to that for for um, athletics i'd say for music there's not any comparison for the handprint globally and the cultural impact that what music from oakland has completely changed the landscape of everything and you can go we can go way back to sly stone and we can we can go to, um, you know, uh, Digital Underground, Tupac, say it again. MC Hammer, of course. MC Hammer, Tower of Power, the Tony, 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 the Pointer Sisters, you can keep going. We, uh, in Vogue, is, is not even a, you can't, no comparison. So, um, Metallica. <laughs> Metallica, yeah. Well, Metallica is from the other side over there, not, oh, not Oakland or San Francisco there. Oh, I forgot. Anyway, but I just think, yeah, I think that um, the Bay Area always was always incredible. Growing up, it was incredible. Too short. Don't forget too oh, short. Yeah. It was always incredible. You know, Green Day playing here in Berkeley, right down the street. You know, that's where they, they weren't playing in San Francisco. They're playing in the East Bay. At Gilman Street. They're from the East Bay. Yeah. And, um, and E-40's from the East Bay. And now, and Young Jeezy, even now, and all the, and um. Kaylani and all these new people, they're always from this side. And I'm from that side. I'm not taking anything away. I love San Francisco, but I think that we um, culturally have always smashed. And the Black Panthers started here, Hell's Angels started. You can go down the list of um, what left 
a hand print globally is Oakland, not San Francisco. So San Francisco is big for tourists. Yeah, right. They want to see the Golden Gate Bridge and um, go to some nice restaurants. But so I don't, it never turned around. And it was always amazing. It's great. Now there's, um, I wrote a novel about this, The Last Days of Oakland, meaning that old Oakland was old and it kind of went away. And now there's kind of a new Oakland. I don't even, it's not a turnaround. It's uh, if you're running in a 440 track meet, it's a handoff. But it's not a turnaround because now there's more homeless people. When I grew up walking around here, you didn't see it, it didn't exist. People had a place to go, their mothers and grandmothers had a house. Now, man, the proliferation of homelessness is embarrassing. It's an embarrassment, man. And the, you know, the, um, so that's what turned around is a certain demographic got a bunch of money and opened up um, cool lounges and bars. Right. And then the other demographic uh, is now living on the streets. So I don't know what you want to do with that. People got to do with that what they do with it. Because I know, you know, I think I, I saw there was good in the old Oakland. It was bad in the old Oakland. There's good in the new Oakland. There's, you know, bad here too. So I think it's just a baton exchange and we better learn from each other, the old Oakland and the new Oakland. So it's always been amazing. Growing up, it was even more amazing. Why? Because all those things were happening that we talk about all that music. You go out there, you can just taste it in the air. Like, oh my God, this place is exploding culturally with, with music with dance, like boogalooing and all that was invented in Oakland, the boogaloo dance. So, I mean, none of that's happening now culturally. Do you have a cool place to go to drink a beer? Yeah, but I wouldn't trade that. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't trade that for going to see Green Day down the street. Yeah. For, for being at Sweet Jimmy's, the club, when MC Hammer did his first video, Let's Get It Started, I wouldn't, I'm sorry, I just I wouldn't change it for that. And when there was music happening everywhere, man, like, you know, so many live bands and live venues and it was just incredible, you know, and concerts in the park and all that. You don't have that. So there I did, I did a whole rant on that, but yeah. I wouldn't call that a rant. I would call that a history lesson and oh, fresh yeah. perspective. <laughs> Do you yeah. have that? Do you have time for two quick questions and then you're a free man from Dune Press? Sure. Okay. I'm, sure I'm here for you. So with, with all the questions about Oakland related music and all that, sometimes you find that artists know every other artist around regardless of the genre and then other times not. I'm curious if you ever crossed paths with Faith No More. I never. Not, I, I've, um, I would say the closest in proximity to that would be uh, Primus. I've crossed paths with them, but not faith no more. Just not, you know, some people, you know, they're here, you see they're here, you hear about them, even with um, the Green Day guys, they're just right around. They were just here. They opened up something here. They did something here. Yeah. Never, which is a little bit strange, but maybe they don't do a lot of stuff here. 
they always had ties to Oakland. Some of the members are from Oakland. But then when I knew that MC Hammer sampled uh, sampled We Care A Lot for the song Pray, I was just always trying to figure out if there was an Oakland tie. And that's how he knew that, or that was just a coincidence. Maybe it was a coincidence because I, I always talk about the music and I don't ever say them and I probably should with Prime. Because it's, we have had so many, oh my God. But yeah, I don't, I don't um, never, man, cross paths. Never heard anything, nothing. One day, one day. <laughs> and, uh, my closing question here for you is finally, Xavier, any last words for the kids? For the kids, man, be an individual. Be yourself, find yourself. If you make good choices, usually good things happen. If you make bad choices, then you can expect bad things to happen. And um, be fearless and never, ever, ever, ever think about how something can't be done. Take that out of your vocabulary. Only think about how it can be done. Wow. Well, whatever form the new art comes from you in, looking forward to it, man. The live stream was great. The, the one that you put up, I think, in January. Just keep it up, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Mr. Danhausen, like the YouTube channel, love that Danhausen. Thank you for making the time today on this wonderful Friday. Yes, but of course, Danhausen takes time out of his busy celebrity schedule to do so just for you. Well, as I have wanted to tell you for a long time, uh, you're one of those people that just makes wrestling palatable to people who don't even love wrestling. I personally love wrestling, but you're just so unique. Have you been unique your whole life? Oh, but of course, Dan Housen's been a special little guy this whole time. Uh, yes, that you said Dan Housen is uh, palatable to uh, those who do not watch wrestling, which, but of course he is, because realistically, let's be honest, the wrestling crowd, in the grand scheme of things, is pretty small in comparison to uh, lots of other sports and such, entertainments and all that. So we must be digestible, as Danhausen believes, to a mass audience rather than only wrestling fans. So that way we bring in more viewers and more uh, monies and all that good stuff. So then we all become more rich. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Does Danhausen have a number two hobby or interest? With wrestling, of course, being number one. Yes. Uh, you know, different various forms of entertainment. Uh, Dan Housen likes to uh, do comic book stuff. Uh, draw Drawing is quite nice. Dan Housen doesn't get to do it quite often, but he likes to create art, various arts. Yes, and doing uh, entertainment shows, such as uh, interview shows like we're doing right now. Well, yes. Uh, your unboxing videos also have lots and lots of people addicted to watching them. What was the first one you do? Uh, you did. Do you remember what item that was? No, not in particular. Dan Housen uh, did a, a fan unboxing video first, so you sent a bunch of things. It might have been uh, Marvel Legends Retro Wave, which is on those old cards from uh, early '90s, late '80s or so. And they are updated now. They are updated figures. Danhausen likes to collect these because they are like little money relics. You can save them. You can. They have nice clothings that look nice to display on your wall. But you can uh, send them out later for many monies if you choose to. Okay, uh, investment advice. I appreciate that. But I actually had the pleasure about six months ago of interviewing Guarsenio Hall. Oh, now, what a wonderful human. 
wonderful human, but kind of ripped you off, wouldn't you say? Ah, absolutely not. Actually, to be fair, uh, Guarcenio was on the scene, uh, different scene though, music scene, and uh, doing his uh, YouTube show, famous YouTube show, Two Minutes to Late Night, go check them out. Uh, before Dan Ozen was, we didn't even know about each other. So people say we look the same, but if you'll notice, Dan Ozen has red eyes, it's spikes. Guarcenio, if we're listening to a podcast or if this is an article, but if you're watching the video, Guarcenio has uh, almost a melting look and a death metal look. Looks like a death metal icon. Dan Ozen is not. Dan Ozen is uh, very evil looking. You are very evil looking, whereas he looks more like a King Diamond type. Suppose so. We usually do both get compared to King Diamond. I suppose he looks a little bit more like that fellow than Dan Housen, but even then, we all look different. Well, we're not here to talk about Danish metal legends that live in Texas. We're here to talk about (laughs) one of the people that just has people talking in general about wrestling. I'm curious if Dan Housen has a most proud career accomplishment to date. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. So it would be that Dan Housen was able to talk to Conan O'Brien. We must see. I don't know if this counts as a wrestling accomplishment, but Dan Housen does because it is breaking into the mainstream media as a wrestler. For sure. I grew up a diehard Conan fan. I went to a bunch of tapings at the old studio Rockefeller Center. Oh. Uh, now, from what I remember, there, there was like four incarnations of Conan's show. There was the original with Andy. Yes. There was without Andy for Late Night. Yes. There was the Tonight Show, which had Andy again. And then there's the sit-down interview kind of thing, which was up the online one. Do you yes. have a favorite of all those formats? Oh, well, so Dan Housen, uh, as long as Conan gets to go and do remote filmings, Dan Housen loves the show, which actually... I believe he's getting a new show where that's mostly what he's going to be doing. So what we have, Conan Without Borders? That one is not a late night show, but it is Conan going around the world doing literally whatever he wants, which is quite wonderful, and learning different cultures and doing different things. Uh, Dan Housen likes those. So they all have those. So Dan Housen enjoys all of them. No favorite there. Well, of course you stay away from the people that you hate and the Ring of lo- uh, Honor locker room, of course. But, oh, but are there any other fans of Conan in the ROH world? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Dalton Castle, but of course. Huge, uh, huge fan housing of, well, Dan Housing, but of course. And uh, Conan, Dan Housing's friend. Wow. And did you ever get to go to a taping of Conan's show? No, Dan Housing didn't. Otherwise, he'd have a wonderful mug souvenir or something. Wishes he could have gone. But you know what? Perhaps Dan Housen will just have to be on the show at some point. I think that is inevitable. I mean, there was a lot of great response about your online appearance on all that. So there's, of course, people who learned about you from that. There's the Ring of Honor fans. There's the unboxing fans. There's the people who unfortunately confused you with Guarcenio Hall. I think that you're pulling fans from all over the world in, in different segments. That's a good thing, right? Yes, but of course, that's even part why we uh, did the video together, Dan Housen and Guarcenio. Uh, we'll probably do more once this world opens up a bit more. We'll do stuff in person together just so people can differentiate. But yes, Dan Housen tries to grab audiences from all different aspects of the world. Bring them in. Grow the brand. Now, we know that Dan Housen's number one in Ring of Honor, of course. Who's number two? Oh, good question. Dan Housen likes that Dalton Castle fellow, and he likes Brody King. 
They're both quite nice. Uh, both a little bit evil, but you know, it's pretty good to Danhausen. Hmm. And when in your life did you realize that evil was actually a good thing? Because yeah, of course, everybody. kids, you know, you're growing up, your parents are telling you not to be evil. You have to be a little bit evil to get ahead in this world. You know, just a little bit. That's why you mix it. That's what very nice, very evil is. Got to be a little bit of nice, but you also have to have that edge, a little bit of evil to get ahead. Otherwise, mm. people will walk all over you. Got it. One thing I couldn't figure out from one of your videos, does Dan Housen like popcorn? Oh, yes. It's quite a wonderful treat. It is uh, terrifying, though, if you have to make it yourself at home. Mm. Pops possibly explodes that microwave thing that is in the kitchen. So Davis's uh, kitchen that Dan Housen works in. It's his assistant. So you have to be careful, though. But it's quite delicious. Should we be expecting more cooking-oriented videos from Dan Housen in the near oh, future? Yes, but of course, actually, Dan Housen does them monthly on his Patreon, patreon.com slash lovethatdanhousen, wink, wink. Uh, yes, we have a cooking show on there where we do uh, different various items, such as, uh, what do we do, spaghetti and meatballs? We threw some teeth in there. Uh, what else did we do? I don't know. We cook a bunch of different crazy crap. Wow. So the amount of content that you're regularly putting out while wrestling at a high level, staying in great shape, staying engaged with your fans online. Uh, is there a team housing in place or do you just do everything yourself? Oh, well, for a long time, it was mostly Dan housing, but uh, Davis, Dan housing's assistant, longtime friend and camera boy, Nick, they help Dan housing all the time. Uh, Davis assists Dan housing by, uh, you know, handling some merchandise shipping and things like that. And uh, Nicholas is uploading YouTube videos for Dan housing and he records all the things. So Dan housing could not be doing any of this without them running behind the scenes and on the scenes on video for Dan housing. Wow. Well, three quick questions for Dan housing and then he's a free man from this. And oh. the first one is Dan housing always has energy whenever he's on camera. Where does that energy come from? Are you a coffee guy, an energy drink guy? What is it? So, well, as you may have seen, uh, Dan Housen's famous friend, uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnstone, Johnson, uh, acknowledged Dan Housen's wonderful commercial for his energy drink, Zoa. So that was quite nice. So Dan Housen has tried those. He does energy drinks with The Rock. And also Dan Housen has his own coffee. It is uh, Dan Housen Coffee Housing. And it is available at rootless, rootlesscoffee.com. It is a local uh, coffee bean brewer in Michigan. And Danhausen partnered up with them. And now we do cups of coffee in the morning to give Danhausen all of his energies. Energy beans, if you will. Wow. As somebody who does actually cover coffee and energy drinks and food in general for a bunch of publications, oh. I read yesterday that there is a ZOA Zero option coming soon. Did that hit your radar yet? Yes, those are the ones Dan Housen got. They had zero uh, zero sugar. Uh, but I think it's a no-calorie yeah. version rather than a 60-calorie version. Well, no, Dan Housen did not see this, but uh, good to know. We'll do another commercial for his good friend. <laughs> there you go. Next question, two of three. Who yes. is Dan Housen's favorite band in the world? Couldn't figure that one out. Oh, this switches all the time. Uh, Dan Housen likes uh, that Code Orange band. They're pretty good. Uh, he also, they are, they started as... Uh, playing in basements locally where Dan Housen lived. And then they yeah. played at, uh, what, not WrestleMania, but NXT TakeOvers, and they're at the Grammys. This is quite inspiring to Dan Housen because they are breaking into mainstream media as a small, hardcore punk band. So that's good. And then Dan Housen also likes his band Cold Cave. They make a fun, evil dance music. <laughs> there you go. And my closing question, I asked this to everybody, but I think you're going to have a different take on that. And that's, 
any last words for the kids? Oh, yes. No swearing. Uh, that is, you know, you'll not get on television or become rich and famous like Danhausen if you have a potty mouth on television. They'll kick you right off. We'd be kicked off of this channel if we said anything. Ah, uh, yes. Be very nice. Very evil. Do not be too evil, though. That is Danhausen's message to the children. Don't be too evil. And too evil, it will affect your bank account. <laughs> and to recap, you got a Patreon, but what's the best place to find? If we want to start square one for Danhausen online presence stuff, where do we go first and foremost? Oh, so well, we'll split it between youtube.com slash love that Danhausen and twitter.com slash Danhausen AD. That's where you get the best of both worlds. But if you want that bonus content, it's patreon.com slash love that Danhausen. And ROHWrestling.com. Yes, that as well. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Danhausen. Danhausen is a bestseller there. There you go. Well, Mr. Housen, Mr. Danhausen, whatever you like to be called, thank you so much for your time. And thanks for just making the world a more joyous place. Yes, thank you, wonderful human. Love that Danhausen. Outrocast.